Welcome to Sunnydale. I'm Steve McClellan. I'm Liesl Kaler. And uh, today we're doing Season 1, Episode 11, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. See what they did there? They swapped it around. Switched it up. Switcheroo right there. So clever, Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. Um. Explain yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, we get it. Okay. You don't have to explain yourself. Uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, should we do some Better Know Host? Yeah, Better Know Host. Do you have a good one, Liesl? Uh, sure. Do, do you have a good one <laughs> that you wanted to do first before mine? Sure, let me, let me do one. Um, when I was in middle school, mm. I broke my arm on the playground, and I told my mom and the school nurse that I was just running and I tripped, but actually it was Heave Steve Day that day. <laughs> <laughs> which was the day where I challenged all of my friends to try and hurt me by throwing me into, over, or onto things. Um, and they, they threw me really high in the air, and I landed on my arm funny and broke my arm. Broke it, yeah. And I only revealed that truth to my mom like a year ago. <laughs> it's true. I think I was there when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good one. Mine was not good. I lied to you. I'm very sorry. Um, my better know host was, uh, I was going to keep it relevant to the episode. Mm. Um, one interesting thing that somebody put in my yearbook once was, thanks for wearing a green dress. What does that mean? It just, it means so many things. <laughs> Um, speaking of speaking of green dresses, mm-hmm. did you did you notice there was a lot of people wearing green in this yeah, episode? I, did, I thought actually. this was going to be a St. Patty's Day episode yeah. or something. Like at least the first scene, totally. Cordelia and Harmony and the d bag that's sitting next to Cordelia. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I I actually looked up the date of the episode to be uh-huh. like, was it St. Patty's Day? It was May nineteenth, so no, it couldn't have been right. Mm, St. Patty's Day, is second in... St. Patty's Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two months later and two days later. <laughs> It's not was, not everyone knows it was that. The day, St. Patty's Day is the day that he drank himself into a stupor. And then second St. Patty's Day is the day yeah. that he rises again mm-hmm. and is all hungover and then takes some we ibuprofen. Should. <laughs> what's, what's, what day is the 19th of May this year? I think it's, it's the 19th of May every year. <laughs> no, a day of the week. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. You're pretty just, good at that. You're better should, at that than me. <laughs> we should. Oh, no, wait. Well, May 10th is Sunday, so 17th, Tuesday. Okay. Because <laughs> um, May 10th is Mother's Day. So you want to do you want to do a second St. Patty's Day celebration? I do. We'll wear green and confuse everyone. <laughs> yeah, and eat some more corned beef. <gasps> that corned beef was delicious. I see. Like, you need an excuse. Now you have an excuse. I wonder if they have more of it at the local butcher. Second St. Patty's. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, um, no, but for real, the green dress was the, the person who signed it was, I only knew him from a play that we did in which I wore a green dress. So it was, um, it was basically like have a nice summer cause he didn't have anything else to say, Gotcha. but he was a little more creative and was like, I know you because you wore a green dress. Thanks <laughs> for thing, that. <laughs> all I could think of was that, um, song by I'm not a real green exactly yeah yeah bare naked ladies yep. bnl, BNL. <laughs> it's 
a good song. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. <laughs> I'd buy you a green dress. Not a real green dress. That's cruel. Yes. Welcome yep. to the Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Yep. Oh, man. You want to do one? <laughs> yes. All right. We got Definitely. that song. Okay. Um, is it like we listen to every song by the Bare Naked Ladies and do an hour talking about it? <laughs> Each song individually, Each in song order individually, that they were released, like in order they were album. released by album and, and then, then by track. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do we call that podcast? Yeah, it's got like BNL the Bare Naked Lady Cast, the BNL BNL Buddies. That's yeah. pretty good. We'll think about it. We, okay, that, that yeah. one, we need to workshop that that's, a little bit. That's a but, thinker. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled, people, for, for B&L Buddies or whatever mm-hmm. title we come up with. Yeah. Uh, you're going to love it. It's true. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the episode, <laughs> opening yeah, thoughts. So the actual episode, um, well, my first my first thought was, ha ha, a flail fell out of Buffy's purse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, that's like the first scene or whatever. I was like, my, my note was... Buffy's really clumsy when it comes to carrying around a purse with lots of weapons. Seriously, yeah. Like, come on, come on, Slayer, Grace. Also, a flail, I mean, that seems like the wrong weapon to use against a vampire, or, or almost anything. Like, I've never been clear yeah. on how effective those would actually be as weapons. Um, but especially against a vampire, like, you can't yeah. stake, it, stake him and with it. And it wasn't you even can't, wood. Yeah, you can't, you can't stake him with it, you can't decapitate them with it. I mean, you could crush their head into like i don't know how much crushing a vampire's head needs mm. to take before they die yeah you could maybe pull that off with a flail um but it, yeah and it just seems like awkward to have in your purse like just a poor because like, yeah. you can't even walk with it yeah i mean a steak like just a good old just good old steak, steak. that fits easily in a purse isn't clumsy like you know although i mean you know in the first episode or whatever she does trip when she has a steak in her purse so it's true um, I don't know if the stake is responsible for that. Though. That was and something I, else. To be fair, I don't know if the flail was responsible, but it does seem like just an awkward thing to carry around in That's any. That's true. Yeah. Seems like it'd be pokey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, where did she get it? The Renaissance Fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the look, Giles has that room in the library that he's like, "You're not ready for weapons training yet." And then it's like, "Oh, I'll take the crossbow." Okay. Well, where did Giles get it? Again, I I'm mean, going to say the Renaissance Fair. a man fair. of means, okay? He, he gets shit done. Artisanal flails from the... <laughs> don't... Handcrafted. Handcrafted. Locally sourced. <laughs> all found wood uh, for the handle. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would like to say that... So we had a discussion a few episodes ago where... Or not a whole discussion, but just me thinking about something, mm-hmm. which was uh, they were talking about reconstruction era and i was like oh, oh does that yeah. relate to the episode and you know we thought about it a little bit and you're like nah it's just a setup for the joke yeah and in this episode they're talking about the merchant of venice mm-hmm. and it's a setup to a joke but it's also like a very explicit reference to the episode uh, itself. yeah no that's um, very true yeah like I, they even they even like were a little heavy-handed with it i thought like they could have just had them talking about shylock and the merchant of venice um, but it, but the teacher was like, and how does this relate to when we were discussing outcasts in yeah. society, like mm. high school? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but it was nice. I, I do like it when they, they sort of draw together mm-hmm. um, the high Can school you, stuff. I've, and the, and the... I've never read The Merchant of Venice. Mm-hmm. You, you want to tell me just a touch about it? Yeah, sure. So um, 
this was back in the day when when Christian law made usury illegal. Mm-hmm. So Christians were not allowed to uh, lend money with interest. Um, but Jews were, and this is this is how Jews sort of became known as the like greedy money lender type is because Christians were not allowed to lend money for interest. And so the the banking industry became sort of dominated by Jews mm. uh, in Europe at that time. And so Shylock is a, is a money lender um, and he lends some money to this dude. Um, I don't remember the entire plot. He needs a ship for some reason. Ugh. And then the dude's ship sinks. <laughs> for and, reasons. <laughs> yeah. And so, but the guy has like nothing to put up as collateral sort of. And so Shylock mm. like writes up this crazy contract where it's like, I will give you this money with like no collateral. But if you lose my money, if you can't repay me, I get a pound of flesh from you. Like that's what I want. Um, mm. Yeah. And so they, uh, and you know, the, the, it's kind of an interesting, like in the end, what happens is this guy that Shylock lends the money to his ship sinks and he can't repay Shylock. Mm-hmm. And so they go to court um, over this contract. Shylock's like, I want my pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and the like judge eventually rules, like you can have your pound of flesh, but you must not spill a single drop of Christian blood or something like that because you didn't like bargain for that in your contract. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and so Shylock gets nothing and the dude gets away with it. Um, but what's what's interesting about it is that uh, at the time it was written, it was like I sort of, and a lot of people I think sort of think of it as a tragedy. Like Shylock is this this scorned sort of outcast dude. Like all the Christians just think of him as this like greedy money lending you know Mm. jewish guy and but he's like very um eloquent in his speeches about what it's like to be in that position Mm -hmm. um but ostensibly the play is a comedy and shylock is the villain (laughs) um which shakespeare yeah exactly like that that would have been how people interpreted it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, although I have often wondered, and I'm sure other, you know, Shakespeare scholars have thought about this more than me, but I wonder like to what extent Shakespeare actually thought about it that way when he wrote it, because mm-hmm. Shylock is so eloquent um, and in some ways so likable, even though like his contract is a little bit unconscionable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you understand why he like, mm-hmm. why he wants his pound of flesh and like the, God, like the dude agreed to this like you didn't have to agree to this contract yeah. <laughs> anyway so that's that's the premise or that's the plot of uh and clearly the, the so, sorry girl. Spo- spoiler alert everybody oh yeah for Merchant of Venice. <laughs> yeah i think it's been out long enough you know? yeah yeah <laughs> and then oh and then at the end shylock turns invisible and what? yeah <laughs> crazy yeah and gets recruited by the fbi to Sweet. to go on missions yeah <laughs> How'd you feel about that ending? <laughs> it was it was kind of silly. Yeah? Um, I it's interesting. I mean it like So it's interesting in that it it opens up the Buffy world a little bit mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, like maybe there's this like shadowy government organization that takes like supernatural teenagers and turns them into like assassins and stuff like that. Yeah. Which would be interesting. Yeah if it ever came up again in the show anywhere ever there's never We're, any government agency there's, that there's, um so spoilers there's the initiative <laughs> sort of but that, I, I think it's pretty clear that this is not the it's initiative separate. Yeah. yeah it's a separate thing the initiative was about like stamping out 
supernaturals. Right, right. Um, and, and yes, and this, you know, I don't know. So, like, obviously Joss Whedon has a fascination with shadowy government or corporate entities, like the Rossum Corporation in Dollhouse, mm-hmm. or the, like, what is it called in Firefly? Like, Blue Sun. Oh, um, yeah. And, like, or even just the Alliance and their, yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, so I'm not surprised that they, like, toss this in. I guess I'm a little, it's a little bit of a strange ending in some ways, because it's, like, you you're happy in a way because she seems happy to be in this place, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit like she was kidnapped. <laughs> like, does she have a family? Like, is anybody wondering I where she that is? that when she like was staying in the school for like months, like, apparently there instead yeah. of like her family, like did her family ignore her? Did she have a family? What yeah. Was like is that? she like a foster child or something? Maybe yeah. like, I don't know. No, I don't think that the ending was supposed to be like, happy though or at least that's not how i felt about it well she opens the book to like infiltration and assassination and she's like "Ooh, cool like she seems like she's found her place in this yeah i don't okay i guess i can see that yeah for me it didn't seem like a oh this is kind of happy she found her place this is like oh this is terrifying this is like a government agency that's training people to be assassins like invisible assassins yeah i mean i think it, it was i thought it was supposed to give you a sense of dread rather than a sense of like whatever you were saying <laughs> what's the word for what you were saying <laughs> bullshit is that what you're saying <laughs> happiness yeah no i'm I mean, unfamiliar it's... with this emotion <laughs> i am after all dead inside <laughs> it's okay liesl bot we'll... <laughs> uh it's liesl tron liesl tron uh, nickname in high school thank you very much oh, okay. <laughs> um but yeah so i i don't know i i can see it as both i mean it is mm. i can definitely imagine you know it is sort of dreadful the idea of invisible government assassins yeah. um but it, i mean like even without i think even when i watched this episode for the first time i knew they weren't taking that ending anywhere like they that that wasn't a setup for later That's things true. That's true. it doesn't feel it terrifying to me and yeah. like you know there's no it never it never felt to me like oh this is going to come back in a big way and be scary mm. which would be interesting if if this show would have done that or done something like that because mm-hmm. yeah invisible ass- government trained assassins would be scary yeah but the way it felt like i don't know i felt I, maybe i just felt more emotionally connected to what was uh claire duvall's character's name um, I know. I'm I'm making her even more invisible right now as we speak. I don't remember. Marissa? Ashley? <laughs> Whatever. Have a nice summer, Clay Duvall. <laughs> I think, okay, so... Man, they did a really good job with this episode because I just like completely blanked. I'm like, <laughs> she's like Anne in, in yeah. Arrested Development. Her? Her. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because Clay Duvall is very pretty. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think because I know Clay Duvall because she's been in other things. She's I recognizable only, now. I did not yeah. pay attention to what her character's name exactly. was. Exactly, I was just, just oh, thinking of her as Clay, Clay Duvall. Duvall. Yeah. yeah. I don't think when this came out in 1987, was she she wasn't famous then, right? I don't like, think people so. wouldn't have this known. This probably would have been one of the first things she did. Yeah, yeah I would think. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what I even know her from. I know her from Carnival, and mm-hmm. I think I've seen her in some other movies and things, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I'm a cheerleader. I think a lot of people. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, it, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but this, that character that 
it's like oh the popular kids don't want to talk to you and like the teacher didn't call on you or whatever i just be like wine wine what <laughs> yeah like pretty little white girl is not getting enough attention a like, little bit and i was yeah. like why are you even trying to talk to the popular people like i wasn't Seriously. popular in high school like yeah the popular people like you know uh uh, Cordelia takes every opportunity to crap on Willow yeah, and, totally. and Xander and Buffy even, and like they didn't turn invisible. Um, yeah, the mechanics of this invisible turning thing mm-hmm. is a little curious because, as Buffy points out, and as is indicated by the FBI agents in the classroom, like mm-hmm. this has happened before, yeah, um, and will happen again. But the only explanation is apparently quantum mechanics well which this um, is the pet peeve of mine uh fortified by hellmouth like hellmouth mystical energy yeah okay do you think that since it's happened before and it seemed to be like you know the hellmouth helped cause it that there's other schools that are on hellmouths i mean i think there has to be unless like there was i mean you think they would have noticed even even in sunnydale they would have noticed multiple like yeah. kids turning invisible every yeah, year it's true. It's true. um yeah also what i wanted to say about the ending mm-hmm. um so it's like she turned invisible because nobody was paying attention to her as did these other you know students or whatever mm-hmm. um so now they're in this special training to like become assassins or i don't know what else they're gonna be mm-hmm. invisible chefs or <laughs> for assassins i mean not everybody's assassins gonna be need to eat. Yeah. yeah right not everybody's gonna be great at shooting people some of them need to be invisible someone has chefs. to be invisible ditch diggers somebody <laughs> yeah, exactly. has to be an invisible secretary yeah totally it's like if you're gonna have an invisible organization you need it's like from the ground up yeah. um but now they're getting a lot of attention aren't they just gonna turn visible again yeah i guess this isn't this isn't a reversible process um you know like in quantum mechanics, sometimes <laughs> <Just, laughs> I go on. Can you push your glasses up a little higher and dive into this? No, I, hate, I just, just I can't stand quantum glasses. mechanics being used as a. It's like a catch-all. It's like it's magic as far as every writer everywhere it's is concerned. It's the scientific wizard did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> quantum oh, mechanics. Did a it. science wizard did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I guess they, they have a little bit of, of a boost at the idea that, you know, that the Hellmouth amplified this. But we don't see anything else where people's social status or emotions yeah, have right? magical effects. Yeah. Is it possible she's like... Susceptible maybe she has, in some way? Yeah, maybe she's like a witch or something. Like she has natural like magical powers mm. or something that, that are sort of going haywire. Interesting. Um, yeah, or, or I'm, not, I'm not really sure what... Um, because, yeah, I mean, like, there, I think there are plenty of people at the school, it seems like, who are definitely not popular and don't seem to have a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, you know, any one of the guys in iRobot, you, Jane, like, could have turned invisible <laughs> at any <true>. moment. <laughs> but they were friends with each other. Apparently, even, like, Will yeah, and maybe. Xander ignored this um, nameless character. Did you think, did that, was that believable to you? Cause no. I Yeah, I thought, like, Xander maybe, but Willow, like, I feel like she would have... The school is not that big. The school is not that if big. If you had four classes with somebody, I feel like you would have known. And Willow just seems sort of like the sensitive, sort of observational type. Yeah, I feel like she would have. I I highly relate 
to Willow, uh-huh. and I knew everyone in my classes. Like I knew their all their names, and like if yeah. I had a class with you, like two years ago, I remembered your like name and face, and probably something dumb you said in class, <laughs> or something really smart. Yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. dumb, probably dumb. No, <laughs> but no, I mean, I was sort of surprised by Willow writing this thing in this person's yearbook and not remembering having done it yeah. or not remembering the person at all. Yeah, um, especially because you would think Willow might feel. Uh, sort of like kinship kin- kinship with this person yeah. who's in yeah who all, i mean willow feels unnoticed a lot yeah, especially totally. by xander and, and mm-hmm. yeah so also did people write that in your yearbook have a nice summer i don't know i don't know if i ever got a yearbook signed by anybody that seems it's... like a thing you wouldn't do <laughs> your yearbook <laughs> um, wipe your butt with it <laughs> Yeah, probably. I don't know. I think I probably got them signed. I don't remember anybody writing, maybe at the end of a thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I I remember when people asked me to sign their yearbooks. I tried to do something creative with all of them. Yeah. Well, um, you're a good person. <laughs> I'm just an easily bored person, and I refuse to write the same thing mm-hmm. eight times. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I hate signing my name. I you know just writing the same stupid thing over and over again. <laughs> it is a dumb name, babe. <laughs> Well, have you seen my signature? It's the laziest thing possible. I know your S looks like an A. It's like I don't even That's understand. That's what cursive S's look like. They can look like A's. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Not mine. Okay. <laughs> Yours. You don't have a capital S in your name. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the the thing that was very popular when I was having yearbook signing mm-hmm. back in my day. <laughs> On all my yearbook signing days, uh, a lot of people wrote it's like stay. see you at the talkies. This. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Hear you at the talkies. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of people wrote stay cool. Stay cool. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not in any way cool. Stay gold, pony boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be famous and have people ask me for an autograph and like a message. And I'm just going to write that for everyone. Stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> and then just be like, shh. And like put my finger on their lips. And be like, shh. <laughs> Walk away with a cape. Well, I mean, any minute now that's going to happen. This podcast Pretty is much. taking off. We're going to be mobbed in the streets for our yeah. autograph. Uh, probably next week, if not tomorrow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Start practicing your, your signature, your autograph. Stay gold. Yeah. Pony boy. <laughs> Are you going to say it out loud or just write it in the, in the I don't know, the paper people ask you to sign? The headshot. I'm going to say something really exquisite. <laughs> like, oh, to my dearest fan, I will always treasure this moment. <laughs> Have a great summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if I say something really exquisite and then write down, like, stay gold, that's still kind of like a, it should just be like, fuck you. <laughs> my dearest fan, I will treasure every moment that I have spent with you. Mm-hmm. I hope our paths cross again, but it just says like F you <laughs> and like not even my name, just F you. <laughs> I'm great. You are, babe. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, uh, did you have a favorite line from this episode? Cause I had a favorite line. From I know this you did. I watched you watch it. Um, I did not have a favorite line. What is your favorite line? <laughs> so my favorite line <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> what kind of bat? <laughs> and Xander says, maybe it's a vampire bat. <laughs> 
because it's a baseball bat. But she's a vampire slayer. And vampire bats are also a thing. (laughs) But they're not baseball bats. It's true. You nailed it, babe. (laughs) This is like legit. Like, this is honest laughter from Steve right now. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not playing. <laughs> no bits on those. It just cracks me up. He really loves it. He loves it more than Willow loves that. Like, be my deputy. Yeah. What What do you think that story was? Uh, I don't know. I think that is my low moment. I, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it seemed really forced. Yeah, her um, laughter didn't sound real. Mm-hmm. The story was like the things they were saying were not interesting enough to make me be like, oh, I wonder what happened. Yeah, it was I wanted to imply. Detail. I wanted to imply. It, I wanted their like little details to imply something more interesting. Like yeah. all I got was, "Be my deputy" and a guy with antlers on his belt. It didn't make any sense to me. And yeah, and Willow's laughter didn't. Normally, I'm I'm crazy about. Um, yeah, about when her you acting. feel things, when she feels things, you feel things. And she did, did you not, feel? Nope, the I laughter? didn't. I didn't feel the laughter in that moment. Yeah. I'll tell you, maybe her magic was usurped by Clay Duvall in this episode because that like sort of sepia-toned flashback mm. scene in the bathroom where she's mm-hmm. trying to talk to Cordelia and her friends uh-huh. and like her body language and her face is like so like oh I'll get to be a part of it and then oh heartbreak yeah um, and that I, that I got you that in very, the feels yeah that hit me in the feels a little bit all right oh oh uh, skateboard alert yes another xander xander spotted with a skateboard again skateboard when they were outside the school talking about he mentioned like blah 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 like I, if i were invisible girls locker room blah, blah. Mm-hmm. anyway at that scene he was standing with a skateboard i can't believe like in the first episode we were like a skateboard xander's I never know. seen with a skateboard again and he's holding a skateboard like all how did i never notice this are we going to discover like this got to be just a first season thing. Like, I'm going to say that now, is. and we're going to yeah. find out, like, all seven seasons. He, just like, hold, he never rides it again. <laughs> yeah. He just holds it. He just it. is, like, occasionally holding skateboards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious. Like, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, almost as bizarre as the shirt he was wearing towards the end. Did you uh, see that? Yes, I wrote 25 yeah. cent peep show. Like, right? What's it? Porn star. Like, Where did he get that? And can you wear that in school? I feel no. like that. I would have gotten in trouble if I, I wore that I got in trouble school. once because I had a shirt that said, uh, it had a picture of a whale. Mm-hmm. And it was, Moby says, dot, 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 don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was my favorite shirt. <laughs> That's a pretty good shirt. <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, and you got in trouble for that. Yeah, I had a teacher that was, was this like, at one of your That's not appropriate at one of your religious schools. No, it was this a public, was public school. Public school, okay. But it was a substitute. Uh, yeah. And he was super religious and didn't hide it, which I think was really the more inappropriate thing. <laughs> was that he would like ask people how their faith was doing? Ooh, like, yeah, that is inappropriate at a public school. <laughs> yes, yeah, super inappropriate. Inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And that shirt was hilarious, and that teacher was not. So, therefore, <laughs> I get a pass. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, oh, and Willow's shirt. The Scooby-Doo shirt? She has a Scooby-Doo shirt. Yeah, because they're the Scooby gang. <laughs> that almost harmonized a little bit. When do they get? Scoobies. <laughs> What's that thing that John Raphael and... Uh... Oh, uh, John Raphael and his sister do in the, like... Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I have to watch and practice that little uh, harmonizing yeah. again. But I love, so I love what. Technically, it... <laughs> what <is this? laughs> 
Because I'm technically homeless. <laughs> oh, good. I love everything that's implied by that one little scene of them singing together. Because you see Jean Ralphio singing lines all the time up mm-hmm. to that point. And then you realize that he and his sister, har- like like when they're together, they harmonize those lines. I've been doing this all Yeah, that it's not just like, oh, he's he's not a soloist. He sings duets with his sister. And like it's beautiful, and it's like now every time I see him sing a line by himself, like There's I feel the like harmony. the harmony is missing. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of harmony, I don't have anything to say about her character in this episode. <laughs> this wasn't her first episode, right? She was no. in. So, yeah. I think this might be. Is this the first episode where she gets? Na- no, they say her name right. And mm. I think so. Episode? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting rewatching, uh, like her early stuff where she has no real personality yet um and like you know a little bit of a spoiler like she sticks around until at least season four possibly even into season five um yep and like and yeah it has kind of an interesting character arc in some ways uh can you answer something for me that i don't know and i feel like you might know yeah what the fuck is a may queen you know i don't know okay i i wonder if it's supposed to be a prom queen or prom okay is it may like the month because that would be prom like my prom was in okay well (laughs) i went to three proms but uh with three different dudes i did yeah wow three different years though oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) but, you like went around to three different high school proms no but i had a friend that did like there was a girl in in one of my um like select soccer teams that Uh she yeah went to Oh my god! I can't believe that she went to four proms in a single year, like at different high schools. Wow! I was like, "What? How do you know all these people from different high schools, and they want to take you on dates?" Yeah, I didn't know anybody from any other high schools. I guess just nobody wanted to date me, so I don't understand. The... <laughs> I mean, then... <laughs> poor little white girl. No, <laughs> no, no I'm not complaining. Lots of people want to date me now. Like... Also, you had more dates and sex in high school than I ever did. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. That is true. But that's all right. I had my D&D game, so, you know. Mm, I didn't get that till after high school. Mm-hmm. So I had to wait. I, I saved myself you for bloomed, D&D. You, you, you blossomed late in the D&D. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it was really special. Yeah. I'm glad I waited. <laughs> <laughs> you saved your Dungeons & Dragons cherry for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> Did you play Dungeons and Dragons with someone before me? <laughs> yeah, I told you about that, right? I'm sure you did. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was. It's better with you. I've Thank you. I practiced. <laughs> <laughs> it's never that fun the first time. I know, right? It's it was painful, a little painful. Yeah. yeah, it was like a bunch of guys. And <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing, and I just, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know what a May Queen is. I assume it's a prom queen. I think there's a line in a Decemberist song about a May Queen. Mm. Saw them crown you May Queen. Is this like for a Maypole? Is that what they were going to do? Maybe. What was going on when Buffy looks into this room, and she's got like five like handmaidens attending to her? Yeah, right? Are they like... Were they working on her dress? And one of them was carrying around a weird mobile. Yeah. That scene was really weird for it me. I didn't so, understand was what was bizarre. going on. It was very strange. 
Yeah. And was she in the high school? Yeah, she was in the high school, like, like after hours, getting her dress. dress and... In, I didn't. Yeah, this scene makes no sense. Um, I did not understand. Maybe that's what a May Queen does. <laughs> it separates them from all, from homecoming and prom queens. Uh. They hate, try on their dress in the high school. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Did you get a sense, a flicker, a moment mm-hmm. where you thought maybe? Giles and Angel, we're gonna make out. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. I was like, so there's some little chemistry there. Like, <laughs> that's actually okay. So that's that scene is my high moment. Oh yeah. I really loved the like them talking to each other and like kind of nerding out a little bit about these books. Yeah. Because it's stuff that like they're very di- like Giles is human and Angel is a vampire and Giles is a watcher and Giles Angel is a watcher. Yeah. Um, it's poetic in a Moffat sort of way um, <laughs> but like they have interest in these same books like mm-hmm. I, I wonder like because nobody else nobody else in the Scooby gang like if Giles knows talks of about, those and they even like make fun of him texts. for being like a fuddy-duddy old librarian uh, yeah. yeah I could totally see like Giles and Angel like I wanted to see them like is that the spinoff yeah maybe that is of them hanging out reading books together they have a book club <gasps> the Giles, Giles and Angel book, book club, club. oh yeah. they get together once a week talk a little bit about the codex mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah what how did Angel like this book that has been lost for 500 years it wasn't lost it was misplaced sure which but isn't that lost it's basically the same thing as lost angel first of all <laughs> yeah. second of all how did he know where it was and was able to acquire it so easily oh, yeah i don't know that's a little unclear i um, guess if it was about this layer like yeah maybe he'd been it was in demon hands or something but then yeah but still then how did he get it maybe he was just holding on to it yeah but yeah that, that was a good scene i did like i liked them two together if we get more of more giles and angel scenes yeah. sometimes but it, it also yeah it did feel a little bit like romantic to me like they're sort of back in the stacks it's like yeah. kind of soft light and like they're quietly talking quietly talking and they're sort of like realizing that and they have stuff in common standing next to each other in the the reflection or whatever yeah it's oh totally like yeah angel kind of standing behind him and giles is like <gasps> Oh, I didn't. I didn't see you there. Oh my! Oh my! <gasps> Clutching his pearls oh, and like <laughs> his, his pearls, <laughs> the down below for the, pearls. For the people that can't see us, Lisa just grabbed her balls. <laughs> uh, my pearls. <laughs> I grabbed my pearls. Is that what lady balls are? <laughs> yeah, pearls. <laughs> yep. You know what I think my low moment was? The. I think they were like outside for some May Queen thing and the like dudes, the FBI dudes in their black suits and sunglasses are just standing there. What the hell are they doing? Like they're not being like, aren't they supposed to be like a secretive agency? Like be a little inconspicuous. Why not send some of your invisible people to like, yeah, exactly. Like why send these, (laughs) these mooks that, have no business being in a high school and everybody's yeah. like why are these creepy dudes standing around here it's true. and then they show up late like they like, oh, hey, thanks. if you're gonna stand around the high school like monitoring for invisible people activity why did it take them that long to find out that this girl had like dragged these two people to the stage and tied yeah. them up and and i wonder why they're not interested in the slayer that is interesting because i thought that when they were like 
they're talking to her and i was like why don't why they not just kidnap her? Take her she'd be a better assassin yeah, maybe, maybe harder they to just control. don't know about it at all but they know about these invisible people but how are they maybe the invisible people are easier to manipulate mm. like it's easy it's hard to manipulate a slayer into being your personal assassin yeah but, but somebody these, who's never had any attention, so attention so much non-attention exactly. that they disappeared. Yep, that's probably true. It's kind of a dark, dark twist, dark mm-hmm. way of saying it. But yeah, I have another question. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did Clay Duvall get that like tray of surgical instruments? Like, did she walk into yeah. a hospital and walk out with that, and like Maybe. nobody noticed? I, mean, I guess she could. Maybe like. I don't know. I've worked in hospitals. Yeah, she had that too. She also knew, like, I don't know, like, what she injected Buffy with and Cordelia. Like, she injected Mm -hmm. Cordelia's face with a local anesthetic, and she injected Buffy in the neck with something that temporarily knocked her out. I'm not a nurse or a doctor or an anesthesiologist or anything, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you have to be careful dosing knockout drugs injected into somebody's neck (laughs) like that's probably not something that a casual like yeah a a casual assaulter (laughs) um like a high school student would know how to do that's true um i don't even know what drug i would look for if i was like rifling through some medical cabinets um i know what i'd look for well, you work in the medical field, so you have a better idea. I've worked with yeah, anesthesi- like nurse anesthetists, uh-huh. anesthesiologists before. But I doubt, I doubt Clay Duvall has like. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't know. I maybe... don't know. Like it was clear too, so I don't know what it. Oh, is your knockout drugs like blue or something? The, well, the one I'm most familiar with is propofol, and it's like white. Mm, okay. It's very opaque white. And it has to go intravenously. Yeah, it's. I mean, you don't put it in the neck. The neck would be a weird. It's a weird place to inject anything, really. Yeah, I mean, right. it's if you're trying to do an intramuscular it's injection. Like Dexter drugs, like. Yeah, what does Dexter use? Do you I think? don't know. His he uses something, too, though, right? some veterinary thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Does he use like ketamine or something? I thought it was something more, like stronger than ketamine, because his shit knocks you out like, yeah. like that. Well, ketamine can do that too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's used in veterinary medicine to put animals to um to for to sedate them for but like an instantly like you're down as soon as it yeah okay in like a matter of seconds probably not as probably not like you okay yeah you're probably right <laughs> that it's not like it goes in your neck and you're like passed out yeah but it's probably if it could be as quick as like five to ten seconds and again like you you wouldn't normally inject something into somebody's neck like yeah that, that is right? true that's that is true there's a lot of like blood vessels you can damage mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. like Some nerves and shit. nerves a lot of important stuff in the neck yeah. it's be easy to get it in the wrong place like mm-hmm. if you're going for like i assume if you're trying to knock somebody out that quickly it has to go straight into like your carotid artery or something because an yeah, im injection would it's not gonna do anything yeah well not quickly not quickly it's <laughs> anyway. gonna take a while to absorb yeah <laughs> anyway so i hope everybody out there is enjoying our <laughs> medical <laughs> discussion <Yeah>. um <laughs> i work with doctors <laughs> fyi <laughs> yeah you have other other notes i feel like i i mentioned my high moment did i say a low moment i feel like i yelled a low moment but I don't you did your, your low moment was the uh be my deputy like oh yes yeah, yeah. okay um low. yeah so like i said my low moment i think is the 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 men in black standing outside the school for that one scene. Yeah. 
Um, I think my high moment is going to be the the like sepia tone flash. Oh no, wait, back up. I think my high moment is Cordelia's little speech about feeling alone, even yeah. though you're the most popular, and like, um, and then Buffy being like, "So why do you do it?" And she's like, "Well, it's better than being alone all by yourself." Yeah. Oh, this is a, I love I love the little growth moments or character moments for Cordelia, like yeah, when she true. gets to be like you see she's a person. Yeah. Um, and like a thoughtful person in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know what I thought was, um, really fun along with the surgical instruments. Mm. So the look on the lockers was like spray painted and then Mm. listen, she just wrote in chalk when she was like running away Mm -hmm. and then learn was like fucking bedazzled on a sheet. (laughs) It was a big old craft project. Yeah. It was like... So I assumed those were the the theater curtains that that was on. Yeah, yeah, but, but still, she, she, had, she had glue. And she had to glue a bunch of glitter, involved, to that. and it was like you anesthetized some people. It was like you're just like, oh, sh- I did too much. Well, I guess in the meantime, <laughs> while I'm waiting for them to wake up, I'll. That's interesting. I assumed she had done that before she captured yeah, them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, she just put a lot of effort into that. And I was. She like, did. That's... I mean, yeah, she definitely put a lot of effort into her thing. Uh, much credit for that. Um, although a little bit of a, what in the hell mouth was she thinking? Yeah. Was she like, I don't know. She, her thing, her plan was a little over elaborate. Mm-hmm. And then she was trying to get like, you know, the Scooby gang trying to stop them from, from messing up her plans by trapping him in that room with the gas, the gas and like murdering them. Yeah. Just murder them. And the same thing with like with the teacher, she like sort of murdered the teacher, but didn't really. And if I'm you're like, going to suffocate someone to death. Stay until they're dead. Like, yeah. yeah. See it through. I agree. Um, and yeah, the the gas, the room with the gas, like that's going to take a while to kill anybody that way. Like yeah. to fill up an entire room full of gas. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And then uh, why my, I think my big thing though is why bring Buffy to the stage with Cordelia and keep her tied up? I mean, if Cordelia is the one you want to mutilate yeah. and like, and she, I think she implied that she knew Buffy was the slayer. She yeah, said something she about like, like what, what are you going to do? do? Slay me? me? Like, if you know she's like a superhero, like take her out or like get her as far away from your evil scheme as you can. Yeah. Um, Overdose on that anesthesia medicine. Yeah. If you had enough to knock her out, you probably have enough to kill her. Like, and like, I guess she wanted, this all comes down to this like hubris thing again, where it's like, I mm-hmm. want everyone to learn their lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think she was going to do to Cordelia's face? Cut her nose off or gonna, something? Yeah. Cut her lips off? I thought she was just going to scar it up. Just a lot of cuts. Yeah. I thought she was going to do something more brutal, but maybe that's just my dark maybe imagination. Maybe it's going to be like <laughs> Princess Bride. Like, <laughs> to dear the God, what is that thing? <laughs> children will dream of you. I was like, oh yeah, you mean children are going to like scream or whatever? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking also in that scene, if she's going to mutilate somebody's face, mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking she should have tied Cordelia's head to a chair, like by her forehead, so mm. she doesn't move around a lot. But I guess if you're just going to mutilate it, you don't have to have precision. So if she yeah. moves her head a lot, it's fine. Yeah. I wonder if, I mean, if her point was to, she wanted to keep Cordelia alive. She might have needed, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, she had a lot of instruments on that tray. I didn't know what all of them were. Yeah. But if you're going to really, if you're going to really mutilate someone's face, that's going to be a lot of blood loss. Probably going to need like a, mm. like a cauterizer or something like True. that. She did a whole like supplementary podcast that's just like, the medical yep. <laughs> aspects of Buffy yep. the Vampire Slayer. 
Mm. Oh, this would be another another better know host. Um, fact about me, I have watched someone's face getting peeled off of their skull. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> I did that. I did an internship at a neurosurgery clinic, um, and yeah, somebody had a tumor in their ethmoid sinus behind their nose, and to avoid making cuts on their face, they made an incision behind the hairline and pulled the person's face all the way down to their nose. Um, it was so cool. It's it was incredible. so cool. You could see the eyeballs just like there oh looking goodness. at you. It was so weird. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah, and for that, they have, they have this little device that sort of looks like a big pair of tweezers that has little electrodes at the end. And they anytime there's like a little bleeding blood vessel they just zap zap mm. it with the tweezers mm, okay mm-hmm. makes sense um words to slay by oh do you have some good ones um you know i thought for this episode there were there were a few things um i'm i'm gonna go with learn is that the whole line yep that's on the the glitter oh the glitter yeah no I think learning is important. Just learn, learn lessons. Learn, yeah. It's a good. It's that a good. is that is good advice. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mostly, well, yeah. Mostly, I just didn't have anything else. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything? Um... I guess I, the other another thing I was thinking, but it was really like Shakespeare though, because like if you wrong us, do we not mm-hmm. uh, revenge or whatever? Yeah. But I think it's a very interesting line. I think it's, it's one of Shylock's great lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it right to seek revenge? Oh, is that how you read that line? Well, no. I mean, I think that line, that's not how I read it, but I think it's a, it's a question that is a good question. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of and comes up in this episode where it's like, this person was wronged and, you know, like, people ignored her and didn't pay attention to her or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she's, like, going and hurting. Yeah. And killing and that is sort of what shylock wanted to do he felt wronged by society and wanted to take a pound of flesh from this person Mm -hmm. um which she was going to take maybe a pound of face flesh from cordelia so (laughs) very similar (laughs) was popularity a thing in your high school uh yeah a little yeah um I, i always see movies where there's this like concept of popularity and mm-hmm. like people vie to be popular and there's almost always like one most popular person um that was not even remotely anything like what my mm-hmm. high school experience was in terms of having friends or not having friends maybe it's just because i mean but you went to a big high school too yeah like my high school was, you know three thousand almost four thousand people yeah um and so i mean even everybody even like you know the sort of nerds like had their own group and didn't really yeah. care what the other people were doing yep. like um and if you're in class like you know i had people that i worked with in class who were perfectly pleasant who were like Mm -hmm. football players or cheerleaders or whatever and like everybody just had their own interests and were like oh okay that's cool you do your thing too like (laughs) nobody gave a crap (laughs) i yeah i totally feel the same like all these like these episodes like this where it's so separated i'm just like yeah it's not a thing in my eyes we had a popular group of people but i mm-hmm. didn't interact with them because none of them were in my classes yeah um i, I don't want to like harp on this every every time we do the podcast but the, the the high school setting especially in this first season just feels so 
weak to me and so like yeah it's just such lazy writing in some ways mm-hmm. like it's very much like you have the popular kid it's like a it's, very, it's like a cartoon high school it's like yeah. a uh yeah i mean it's a television writer's like lazy mm-hmm. version of a high school um yeah i really wanted there to be i think i made this comparison before but like veronica mars has one of my favorite sort of visions of a of a high school like where veronica is like outcast but it's not just like she's unpopular for no reason like mm-hmm. she has a complicated relationship with all of these people at her school yeah and there are sort of popular kids but it um you know they're not just like it's not like the popular girl who is like the plastic and just is exactly you know people people have their own social circles and like different ways of interacting with each other yeah. um yeah i don't know That's true. there are other are there other shows that have done interesting things with high school settings too mm. speaking of if this being they don't ever do a St. Patrick's Day episode as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And they never answer the question of whether in the Buffyverse St. Patrick's are, Day exists. There are leprechauns. <laughs> um, you know, they do mm. like vampires. They do, uh, eventually they do werewolves. They do witches. They do, you know, all these sort of mythological creatures, but never leprechauns as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's like too cheesy. <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen leprechaun movies. I need to watch those. You should. Because the, <laughs> the how did this get made <laughs> was really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> I definitely need to see Leprechaun in the Hood or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, do you have any any final thoughts? I think I've gone through all my notes. Yeah. Um, do I you have anything? Yeah. Nope. Did all my notes. All right. Uh, should we do ratings? Yeah. Okay, you want to go first? Um, sure. I'm going to go with... Um, it didn't seriously offend me or bore me. Um, I was excited to see Angel again very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of an interesting idea that it, like that somebody would be ignored into invisibility. Literal invisibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I'm going to give it, oh, let's say five out of ten May Queens. <laughs> not bad, not Whatever bad. Whatever they may be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm tempted to give this episode ten out of ten because of the line about vampire bats. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can just give the line ten out of ten I'm vampire bats. giving the line bats. ten out of ten vampire ba- bats. But the episode itself, I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go four out of ten um, antler belt buckles. Mm, good. Um, and it's funny, like I I remember liking this episode a lot more when I watched it a long time ago. It was one of the first episodes in the in the first season where I was like, oh okay, this is kind of cool. Um, watching it again, I I don't know. I I I wouldn't say that I was bored exactly but i was a little i don't know the the sort of the high schooliness the like Mm. the kind of rote trite high schooliness of it was Mm -hmm. just a little bit like it didn't do it for me the way it did when i watched it originally Mm. maybe and i didn't sort of you know cleo duvall does have that one nice sepia flashback where i'm like oh i can feel your pain Mm. but for the most part like 
I have sort of with you. Just kind of like whiny and like, why, yeah. like, why are you trying to kill your teacher and stuff? Like she didn't yeah. call on you in class. Like I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, um, I didn't care for it as much this time around. It, yeah. it, it, the, the premise and I didn't like this. Oh, she felt invisible. So she turned invisible. Like, mm. um, I don't know. It didn't do that much for me this time around. Mm. I wish I, yeah, I, I, I wish I had something more good to say about it, but I'm mm. mostly just kind of like, meh, meh. Yeah. I guess, you know, I liked that they connected the high school classroom thing to the, to the actual plot, uh, in a nice way. And I like the Merchant of Venice, so that's a nice <laughs> reference. Um, but yeah, yeah, four. All right. Okay. Uh, we've got one more episode left in season one. Are you excited? That's true. We're so close. We're going to, yeah, we're going to have to have a party and, uh, and then plow into season two. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, let's do some plugs here real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, you can find out everything about us at welcome to sunnydale.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at welcome to sunny. You can email us at welcome to sunnydale podcast at gmail.com. Please email us. We answer all of our emails um, and we really enjoy hearing from you. Uh, and you can also give us a call and leave us a voicemail. Woo! It's very exciting. Uh, ask us some questions. Give us some comments. Um, we'll play it on the air. It'll be real fun. Uh, and our phone number is 510-455-2155. That's 510-455-2155. Uh, yeah. And oh, okay. so now that the episode's over, uh, I think um, I'm going to go. I have to go call my lawyer because uh, somebody stole my poop and I'm going to sue them for my poop. <laughs> wow. That's someone did that yeah and that's how you're getting back at them mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna sue them for my poop yeah. it's not justice it's yicky <laughs> all right <laughs> bye. bye everyone <laughs> sorry about the poop joke <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs>